to something else, but uh, I want to do some of the dream series from youth camp that I did there. But I want to just kind of connect with you and talk a little bit about this church and the situation, what they're going through, how we can connect to that church. The big deal in Colossae was, you know, it's just a it was a small church that was they were getting away from Jesus. They were getting away from the Lord. A lot of mystical teaching, a lot of different things can can distract us from our relationship with God. We can relate to that. You know, the Bible always warns us not to drift away. And in Colossae, they began to drift away from the faith in Jesus. Um, You know, whenever I do a quiet time or a Bible study, I always like to look at maps. And I want to encourage you when you read the Bible and you see a city or a name of a place, look in the back of your Bible or look on Google and look up on the map, because then you can kind of see where, where they're talking about, what city this is, where it's located. It just kind of gives you a little richer time in, the, in, your, in your word study to figure out what's happening and to appreciate the great work that's happened there. And we know the Colossian church was planted by a disciple who went to Ephesus, heard Paul preach, became a disciple, went back to his hometown, converted his household, and the church was planted. It wasn't a big church. It didn't last very long, but nonetheless, it's an important church because Paul wrote a letter there teaching them not to forsake Jesus. And there was a lot of confusion about Jesus in this time. You know, in many ways, it was behavior over your faith and how you live was more important than your faith in Jesus. So they had these weird teaching. If you're if you're more hardcore in this area, you're definitely right with God. And behavior versus faith is a trap. It's your faith as it increases, so does your behavior. If you value behavior over faith, and then you realize you're a sinner, it can really hurt your faith. Because then you're embarrassed, and you're ashamed that you didn't live this behavioral awesome life. But if your faith is high, and you realize you're a sinner, you're actually in good company. You're with the rest of us. We're faithful to Jesus, yet we understand we're sinners. It was also about being religious or being faithful. You know, having these special angels take us to God and the spiritual world. And, you know, there's other ways of getting to heaven besides Jesus. And, you know, people are always trying to deny the simple fact that if you put your trust in Jesus, you're going to be all right. And people think that's way too simple, so they want to add on to it. And Paul's saying no. Jesus is, is the only way, the truth, and the life. It also goes to the Pharisee versus sinner. The Pharisee always wanted to look right, behave right, appear right. And the sinner would, just, would beat his chest in thankfulness to God that he can, he's just so humble that I, I'm just a sinner, God. That's where we want to be as disciples. We want to be grateful, humble disciples of Jesus who are so excited about salvation that we are intentional about our life. We, we reach out to our friends, our neighbors. We love them. We encourage them. We build them up. In the Colossian church, they got away from sharing their faith. They were, they were more worried about how the details of getting to heaven and all that. You know, what are we going to do and how is it going to happen? Those are good things to talk about, but it shouldn't consume our way of life. Self-righteous versus humility. You know, the self-righteous is, I know I'm right. I can't be wrong. The humble person goes, I might be wrong. I'm just lucky to be here. And I'm grateful to be here. So there's, a, there's, this, there's these teachers that were going around going, I will show you the way. I will teach you the secret ways of getting to heaven if you follow my way because I'm right. 
Self-righteousness versus humility. Who you are and who you're not. My title today is Jesus Rescues. It's pretty simple in the Christian faith, but we can definitely complicate it. Jesus was being questioned. His authority was being questioned. His authority to rescue you was being questioned. His ability to save you was being questioned. His power. Because he entered creation. The moment he did that, people started to wonder, is he really God? How can a God turn into a human? And just that sentence alone threw the first century church in such confusion. But Jesus rescues. So we're going to continue where we left off. In verse 15, Paul addresses the amazingness of Jesus. He goes, the son, that's Jesus, is the image, the photograph. Literally in the Greek it means he's the photograph of the invisible God. Because there's an invisible God and then there's this visible God, Jesus. In Daniel 7 we saw it was the son of man. For in him, Jesus... All things were created, things in heaven and on earth. Jesus created heaven and created earth, visible and things that we cannot see that are invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, the heavenly beings. All these things have been created through him and for him. Paul is making the statement that Jesus is the image of God. He's a photograph. If you want to know what the invisible God is like, look at Jesus. There are two gods that he's talking about there. He's saying there's an invisible God, and then there's Jesus who's God. He can see him. And he is God who created the cosmos. He's a creator, and he enters his creation for one reason. The only reason why the Son of Man in Daniel 7 Enter's creation was to undo three things that happened in the Bible. And in Genesis chapter 1 through 11, we'll tell you the three things. Genesis 3 is when the serpent deceives Adam and Eve. And he makes us all mortal who will die. And according to Genesis 3, when you die, the serpent has the right to your soul. He has, because now you are in death. You will die. He owns you. Genesis 6, we have the sons of God who come down and intermix and intermarry with humans, creating Nephilim giants. And in Genesis 11, we have more sons of God who end up corrupt and end up ruling the nations of the world and are the other gods in the Old Testament. So the only reason Jesus comes into creation is to undo and deal with those three things. And that's being questioned. So you have Jesus, who's visible, and then you have the invisible God, which we'll call Yahweh, but they're both the same person, but I'm going to explain that in a second. In the early ancient time of this, of this writing, the Jews noticed in the Bible there were two figures in heaven that were God-like figures. And that, through history, ends up being Gnostic. But in its ancient days, here's a little comparison of the Old Testament when you look at the Canaanite religion and you look at the Israelite religion, they're very similar because both religions have a divine council, meaning they have thrones and rulers and gods at the head of this council with these other gods. Both religions believe the same thing. One was called God, El, 
Another one was called Yahweh God. One had a guy named Baal who was running things. And we know Baal because, you know, uh, the prophet Elijah handles the prophets of Baal. He's in the Bible. Baal's all over the place. Because in the Canaanite religion, he kind of ran everything. But in the ancient Israelite religion, it was Jesus who runs the cosmos. So in the Canaanite religion, they're different, distinct gods. But in the ancient Israelite, both of them were the same God. And that was the difference. So what's interesting about this is that when God decided to write the Bible, he wrote it in that time, which explains the whole spiritual realm of the divine council, which is interesting. It's a really interesting portrayal of the Bible when you look at it, that Jesus and God are the same. And we get that. But back then, it was confusing for them. So let's, let's take a step back and look at what Paul's writing here. He says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness, because he's trying to explain it, all his fullness, God's complete, the invisible God's complete fullness, totality of his attributes, the totality of his powers to be dwelling in Jesus. And through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on a cross. God was happy to come to the creation. So much so, the Bible says in Hebrew, that Jesus joyfully went to the cross. He was happily willing to give his life to rescue us. Happily, joyfully, leaving heaven to come and to rescue us. God in human form. And he did this to reconcile us, to redeem us, to save us. And he made peace. That same word dwell is used in Ephesians chapter 3, where, it's, where Paul writes, I pray that you may be strengthened through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in you, that the totality of his attributes and power may dwell inside of us. There is a Holy Spirit that we have that dwells within us when you were baptized as a disciple. That gives you the power to live a resurrected life. That's where your power comes from. You cannot say to God, I don't have the ability to change because he's given you divine ability to change. He's given it to you. He's given you everything you need to get to heaven. He just needs your heart to be willing to follow what he's taught you. But you have the divine power in its totality to live a resurrected life. That means we're growing. That means we're changing. That means we're always trying to Increase our faith. Because as our faith increases, there's something that awaits us. And that's a new dwell, a dwelling place of righteousness in heaven. See, our goal is to keep growing and growing in our faith. Because one day our destination is a new heaven and a new earth. But that only comes through Jesus. That only comes through our faith in Jesus. That we don't get distracted and drift away from that understanding there are many things pulling us in our life yeah. our, our families our jobs our time our time is so precious when you have kids in your house time is precious <laughs> time is so precious 
When you, when you are working full time and you're tired, time is precious. So many things can distract us from Jesus. But there is also religions today that will take you away from this if you're not careful. There are churches that will knock on your door and say, this is completely not true. That Jesus is actually an angel. He's actually an archangel. Read this magazine. It'll explain it to you. They're active. And they're intentional about what they believe. Are you intentional? Are you active? Because they're active. They're actively teaching that Jesus is not the way to heaven. They're very organized. They're very intentional. And they're very purposeful. And yet they're lost. We're saved. We're rescued. But are we intentional? Are we purposeful? Are we? And all worth telling you is there are people already in your life that you can be intentional with. You don't even have to knock on a stranger's door. They're already in your life. They're already there. Just waiting to be loved. Waiting for your heart and your love to spend time with them. Waiting for you to invite them to know Jesus on a deeper level. Isn't that amazing? But there are people out there that do that. There are other religions that teach you that when, you know, Jesus is not the way. Satan and Jesus are brothers. And then when you die, you get your own planet. You get your own kingdom to rule. They don't, don't knock on your door too. And they're organized. And they're intentional. And they look sharp. And they're elders. They'll knock on your door because... They're intentional about what they believe. My question for you is, are you intentional about what you believe? Are you purposeful about what you believe? Yeah. Right? So, because the reason why I'm saying this is because we understand that we were once alienated from God. We get that. I mean, Andrea, she, she, could, she could have gone on for hours about how she was alienated, how she didn't believe in God. She could have gone on for days. Just listen to her story. Hang out with her. She'll tell you. You have a story of how you were alienated. You were, you were dark. You were just out there. You were alienated from the life of God. And you were alienated from God himself. In fact, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Right? That same word, behavior, is used in this part of the text in Matthew. When Jesus says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. And then we became disciples. And then we, we, we were met by someone who was intentional. We, we met someone that was purposeful about themselves and they were, they were excited to meet you and excited to get time with you and following up with you and encouraging you and loving you and you became disciples and then you were no longer alienated from God. You became a baptized disciple or you grew up in the church and you're like, man, I want to know Jesus better and someone spent time with you and encouraged you and you became a Christian. But have you gone back? Have you gone back to your old way of thinking. Maybe not the lifestyle, but maybe just the thinking part. You know, a lot of times like, oh, I don't want to go back to my old life, but I want to think the same. 
I just want to think about myself. Or maybe old habits that have resurfaced. Old habits of, I'm always right. Old habits of, you're always wrong. Old habits of, you know, um, you know maybe uh, doing things that you thought were inappropriate, but now it's okay. You know, you, it starts to creep, creep, and creep. When we were alienated, I remember for myself, and you, you probably relate to this, you felt your life was unstable. It was a disorder. Your relationships were messed up. And Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest, meaning I'll give you stability. I'll bring stability back into your life. I'll make you stable and balanced. But have you gone back? Here's a question for you. Have you been growing as a disciple? Are you growing? I've been a disciple 25 years. And my goal is to grow every year, just to keep growing. I'm not perfect, but I want to grow. I don't claim to be perfect, but I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to, I want to be a better. Right now, I'm growing and being a better parent. Right now, my, my role right now is to stop trying to control and start being a guider and guiding. And that's a hard transition because, yes, it it, you know, you, you, were, you were in control for so long. And now you need to guide. And that transition is kind of choppy. It's not always some days I'm a guider, some days I'm a controller. And some days it's frustrating. Are you growing in your faith? Do you believe more today than you did last year that Jesus rescued you? Are you growing in your love and you, how you love people? How you interact with people? How you give people the benefit of the doubt and you love them? Encourage them? People in your household, people that are around you, people that are just there. Just, just, they're just there. What I've discovered is that people in the world, they know how to hang out, but they don't know how to love. Yeah. Some people, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm just saying in my general, my world, is it like there's hangouts and there's fun times, but man, when we get, when we get alone, with it, alone with them and just talk, man, they feel so encouraged. Because like you're actually listening to all their, their heart and their situation and you're loving them. And they're like, can we hang out again? I'm like, yeah, come over. What, what, what I'm trying to say is that people are starving to be loved. But love is not just hanging out, having a few laughs and goofing around. Love is actually just talking about stuff. Right. Stuff that, you know, for guys it's hard. We just kind of, we don't, we don't really like to talk about the stuff. But when we do talk about the stuff, it's awesome. There's a blue moon that happens and guys do that sometimes. Are you growing in your, in your, in your purpose to make a difference in our world? Whether it's helping the poor, whether it's loving people to help become Christians. Are you growing in your purpose? Because the question is, if you're not, then you might be going backwards. And that's not what we want. We don't want to go back. We want to keep going forward. And this derives from our love. Because Jesus wants us to be vigilant in our faith. He's always asking, am I gonna, when I come back, am I going to find you faithful? Will, I, will the Son of Man find faith on earth when I come back? The Colossians were going backwards because they started to love different things other than Jesus. And when we start to love the world or anything in the world, and I'm talking, if we love 
Facebook so much where we're not spending time in, with God. That's that passage. When you rather, when you rather binge on a seven series Netflix movie and not spend time with other people, that's that. We can't fall in love with this world. It's going to pass through. The older I get, the, more, the, the less time I realize that people have less, you know, my time is going. I'm 47. I mean, I, I may not make it to 60. Who knows? No one knows. But people need to see Jesus in me. And I need to be intentional about my Christianity. Because if anyone loves the world, the love of, for the Father, for the Father is not in them. Because over time, when you give your heart to different things, you lose interest in your primary love. Right. Happens all the time. You start dating a girl and you get interested in somebody else. Oh, you forget about her, right? You're married, you get, you get disinter disinterested in your wife and, or your husband and you find somebody else. Happens all the time. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. We can miss Jesus. And we can miss the point of salvation if we're not careful. So Jesus gives us a choice. Believe him and obey his teaching, which will give you stability to put your life back in order. Because your other choice is that. And that... And that, that's what alienated us from God in the first place. Okay? He writes this. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. And He will come to me and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. That's what God is trying to communicate. He's very clear. He's trying to be reconciled with us. He's trying to change our condition from one state to another. That's what reconciled means. And once you're reconciled through the physical body through death, it's important that you understand why that's written. Because they didn't believe that Jesus physically could save them. Because in the church's mind, they had this notion that anything of the flesh is evil. So Jesus coming to earth can't save you. He can't rescue you. That's, in fact, the very thing he does. And after he's rescued you through death, Jesus goes, he wants to present you. When I start asking a question, present you to who? who? Jesus wants to take you, Ken, and present you to who? He wants to take Orlando. Come on, Orlando. You and Jesus. And he wants to present you to someone. That's what it says here. He reconciled you because he wants to present you where? In Hebrews it says he wants to present you to the assembly. Because he's not ashamed to call you his brother. He's I'm going to take you and I'm going to take you before the assembly, the council, and I will sing your praises. I will take you to the, to the place in heavenly Jerusalem where thousands and thousands of angels join the assembly and I'm going to present you Rodney Chavez and I will sing your praises. 
I'm going to take Andrea Burns, and I'm going to present her before the assembly as my sister, and I will sing her praises. Jesus rescues. That is what awaits you. That's why we're intentional. That's why we're purposeful. Because Jesus wants to declare in front of the assembly in heaven, this is my brother. This is my sister. They are amazing. Introduce yourselves. That's Michael. That's Gabriel. Introduce yourself to them. Because we're together now. What's amazing is that Jesus calls you his sibling. He calls you his literal sibling. He doesn't call the angels his sibling. He calls you his sibling. Big difference. Encouraging. When I read that, I was pretty fired up. I started preaching right there on my table. Okay, there's always a kicker with Jesus. He's always got a little kick, you know. He's like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. He always goes, if you continue. If you continue in what? Your faith. Wait, your behavior. No, 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 it's backwards, right? If you increase in your faith, because when Jesus knows, when your faith increases, so does your behavior. Because you start changing, and you start growing, and you start loving. If you continue in your faith, that's established and firm, and you do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. In other words, don't move. Don't be deceived. Don't be a Christian for 30 years and all of a sudden just give up. Keep growing. Keep growing. If you're a new Christian, keep growing. If you're a 20-year-old Christian, keep growing. Don't let anything move you. If you've been drifting away, stop yourself from drifting. Look up at the lifeguard tower. Notice you're on, you started on one and you're at 30. Okay, I got to go back that way. Fine. Start growing. Start getting back there. It doesn't matter what sin you're doing that, that will keep you from repenting. The only sin that God cannot forgive is someone who doesn't want to repent. And then, you know, that's between you and the Lord. Good luck there. But he's saying continue. If you want that moment in heaven, and it's going to be weird because you get there, you're not going to know where to go, but Jesus is going to be right there going, hey, check this out. This is Mo Jones right here. Mo? And Mo's just going to be like this. Am I really here? And Jesus go, I will sing your praises. That's what awaits us. But we have to continue to be purposeful and intentional and faithful disciples of Jesus. That's why we watch our life and our doctrine. That's why we persevere in them. Because you'll save yourself and those who hear you. And who hears you? Your household, your people in your world. In the Greek, they called it oikos, oikos. These are the people that God put in your life. You'll save yourself and them. And that's amazing. And Paul closes out this portion of his letter. There's a lot in there in that little letter. 
You know, I've read Colossians thousands of times, but when I stop and just look under the hood, I'm like, that's pretty cool stuff in there. This is the gospel that you've heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. We are God's servants. We are the followers of Jesus. God has amazing things in store for us. We have to hold on to our faith, not drift away, believe that Jesus rescues, and also extend the gospel to the people in our world. And God will be glorified, and God will be fired up that more and more people get a chance at salvation and stop being alienated from him just like we were. They get to experience what you have. This amazing, faithful trust that God is amazing and he's, he's giving you order. He's giving you stability. He's giving you a husband, a wife, children. He's given us amazing things. And he even gave us a how to be a parent, how to be a disciple. How, he gave us all the how to's in the Bible. Yeah. Even before we take the test. Super awesome teacher right there. But this is the gospel that you've heard today. Take this gospel. Take your love into our household, into the people that God has put in your life and love them so they can become disciples too. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this amazing